Hi, everybody. This is a podcast, Everything About Hockey. This podcast topic is going to be the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, exactly what happened to make them put themselves in the position they're in now, of basically being forced to either relocate or, amazingly enough, be able to get the voters to approve a new arena in the Phoenix area, which right now looks like it to be basically a slim-to-none chance that will occur. So I think relocation is probably the higher uh, chance for them to actually have a stable franchise. So let's go back to exactly what happened in Phoenix. But before we do that, we actually have to go back to Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, the summer of 1996. The NHL didn't have a salary cap back then. That means that any NHL team could spend as much money as they like on any players they want, and there was no restrictions. So the wealthy teams, the high-revenue teams, could spend massive amounts of money and just basically outbid the lower-revenue teams. There was a lot of haves and have-nots back before the salary cap. And a team like Winnipeg Jets, also the Quebec Nordiques, were considered a small-market Canadian team, which didn't have a whole lot of revenue base because – in Manitoba, where Winnipeg is located, there isn't much else except the city of Winnipeg in Manitoba. Unlike the city of Toronto or Montreal, which had a very large metropolitan area that they could draw a lot of people from and have a lot of uh, advertising revenue from. It was very limited in Winnipeg. And then you also have to consider the exchange rate, the U.S.-Canadian dollar exchange rate which played a big factor competing with the Winnipeg, competing with the uh, big teams down south, the New York Rangers, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Detroit Red Wings, the L.A. Kings, which had a had really an advantage over them with the exchange rate. At the time, the U.S. dollar was 20% more than the Canadian dollar was. So you got a uh, only 75%. If you uh, exchange a U.S. dollar to a Canadian dollar, that meant that the U.S. teams would have a great advantage when it comes to outbidding Winnipeg and Quebec for uh, free agents. Let me explain. If you're a player and you're negotiating a contract with two teams, one's based in the U.S., the other one's based in Canada, and they both offered you $10 million for one year, to play hockey in those two markets. Okay? In other words, U.S. base salary would be $10 million. But with the exchange rate of only being, you only get 25% knocked off every Canadian dollar, the Canadian team would only pay you $7.5 million base salary. So, if a Canadian team wanted to pay you the exact same much money as the American team, the Canadian team with the exchange rate would have to pay you $12.5 million to equal the $10 million you would be getting in the U.S. That meant the U.S. teams had a great advantage over outbidding Canadian teams for free agents at that point in time. Then you also got to consider the U.S. tax rate was a lot lower back in 1996 compared to the Canadian tax rate. So the cost of living in Canada was really higher, which meant that was another advantage 
U.S. teams had over the Canadian teams before the salary cap and all of this other stuff with tax rates and, and dollar exchange, it was really hard for a team like Winnipeg Jets to really land big free agents to be competitive in the NHL back then. Now, of course, today's with the salary cap and revenue sharing, this is not really as big of a factor that it was back then. But that was a big factor back then that caused the Quebec Nordiques to move to Denver in 1995 and the Winnipeg Jets to move to Phoenix in July of 1996, which is what we're focusing on in this podcast. So in 1996, July of 1996, actually, the Winnipeg franchise moved to Phoenix, Arizona and came the Phoenix Coyotes and would play in American West Arena, a 16,000-seat hockey capacity. The team was playing there for seven years. Because this is a basketball arena originally designed for, they had to reconfigure the seats so they actually could get the ice surface in the actual arena. The tight seating capacity meant that they had three sections that hung over the ice surface during hockey games. And that meant that fans at that end would not be able to see one-fourth of the ice surface that they've actually been paying to watch, including one goal which they could not see. But they still averaged about 14,000 people a game. And they saw some pretty impressive players back then. These guys were future all-stars. Keith Kachuk, Jeremy Roenick, Habi Boulin, the Boulin Wall, and then they also became future Hall of Famers. And because of that, they had some pretty competitive teams. And they also made the playoffs a couple times at American West Arena. But unfortunately, because of the arena and the lack of advertising, the team lost as much as total of $40 million from year-to-year operating costs playing in that arena. And they needed a new place to play that would be more suited for hockey, designed to actually have an NHL team in. Instead of this arena, which was a basketball arena, they just crammed a hockey rink into. So in 2003, they got the opportunity to move to Glendale, Arizona, where the city built them a state-of-the-art rink that states 20,000 hockey fans with no obstructed views. The proposed name was the Desert Diamond Arena, and they also had planned on putting multiple motels and restaurants and bars and have a really fancy arena district, a destination for the people of Gunsdale in the Phoenix area to go to for family entertainment and dining. And because they were actually going to be in Glensdale, they decided to change the name to the Arizona Coyotes to be more of a regional name. They also changed the logo and the uniforms to reboot the whole entire franchise to go with the new arena. And they had some success on the ice. In 2010, they won their first division title. They hit 100 points, first time in franchise history. Then they also qualified for the playoffs, obviously. But unfortunately, the cost of that arena and mismanagement of ownership finances, they went into financial trouble again. They had a hard time getting advertising dollars, and the uh, attendance dropped from 14000 to 12000 a game during this time frame. 
which is not that bad. I mean, it's the low end for the NHL teams. Average NHL team at the time was averaging about 16,000 per game. So it was low, but it wasn't that terribly low. During that time frame, because the team couldn't make a profit, the current ownership filed for bankruptcy. Then in 2009, the NHL front office took over the team's finances because of the unstable ownership and basically ran the team financially up until 2013. It was revealed that the Coyotes' ownership at the time owed more than $1.3 million to the city of Glensdale and the state of Arizona on unpaid taxes. So there was some stability during the time frame that the NHL paid the bills. But unfortunately, that meant the other 29 teams were funding that 30th team. They had to find another owner to take over the financial responsibilities of the Arizona Coyotes. Of course, the ownership they picked was another unstable ownership. In 2020, the Arizona scouting staff participated in a unauthorized scouting combine, which the, uh, the NHL was not aware of. They actually invited 20 CHL players, which is the Canadian Hockey League players, which is a major junior program in Canada, which most of the NHL teams draft from. Their top prospects participated in an unauthorized scouting camp. Normally, scouting camps occur about a week before the NHL draft, and they invite all the NHL teams to it in one location. So when, these, when the NHL found out, the front office found out they did this, the NHL front office charged the Phoenix Coyotes with a draft pick violation where the NHL found that they violated the combine testing policy by doing an authorized scouting day. And that result cost the Phoenix Coyotes in 2020 a second-round draft pick, in 2021 a first-round draft pick. The GM also resigned that summer, and the ownership group also was fined for doing this. The drafts weren't going their way, so they decided to have their own personal combine day without any of the other teams knowing about it. Remember, they were still in some financial trouble. Their attendance wasn't that great. So the city of Glendale, Arizona, decided to back out on negotiating a long-term deal to keep the Arizona Coyotes in Glensdale. They also announced that same time frame that they're going to terminate the current contract because they were allowed to lease agreement after the 2021-22 season because the team still owed them money and it was a very unstable ownership group. They still had a couple years to uh, locate a new arena. So they started talking to other uh, areas. And Tempe, Arizona decided uh, they might be interested in having a, uh, the Phoenix Coyotes play in their arena. So they planned a $2.1 million entertainment district in Tempe, Arizona. It was only going to be 12 miles away from Phoenix. There was going to be a 16,000-seat arena for hockey with two hotels, 
on a 46-acre lot. And the great part about it was it was actually going to be on an old landfill that they were actually going to put this arena on to actually get this landfill removed and so they could actually build this arena. They're going to actually have to move 1.5 million tons of trash to actually accomplish this new arena district. Estimated cost would be $75 million. And the Tempe, Arizona mayor and city council approved this thing and really encouraged for this thing to actually go through. So they put that on the ballot to see if they could get the, the city taxpayers to actually fund this new arena. But unfortunately, it was voted down. The reason why they opposed it was, one, the city use of public funds, two, traffic congestion, and number three, desire to develop that old landfill into another uses. And they also had some people that voted against it didn't like how Glensdale was treated by the ownership group there and how they didn't pay taxes and that they were concerned that they were going to have the exact same problem in Tempe, Arizona. The management wasn't going to pay taxes again and they were going to have the exact same problem by having a bankrupt team and fighting for getting their tax money back. So while the team was trying to straighten this all out, they decided to make a temporary home and relocate in the Mullet Arena on the campus of Arizona State University. And they're going to share the arena with their Division I Arizona State University Sun Devils hockey team, which sat 5,000 people. But in order to be able to play and put an NHL team in this arena, they had to do some upgrades. The Arizona Coyotes spent $20 million to upgrade this space by making it more uh, NHL friendly, by having NHL quality locker rooms and NHL quality training facilities. And they're only averaging about 3,000 a crowd at this uh, college university uh, arena. So unless they can figure out another place to locate, which I don't think they're going to, in Arizona, I think they're going to have to actually move to another locations. So I'm going to go over and run down some other locations that I think are possibilities to relocate this franchise. Now with the first city or arena I think they should look at is in Houston, Texas. It's a, a Toyota Center. It's a 17,000 seat, 800 arena that's actually made for ice hockey. It's a, uh, Houston is actually the fifth U.S. market in population and seventh in TV market. So it's a big metropolitan area. They have a long history of having ice hockey in Houston. They had the World Hockey Association's Houston Arrows, and they also had a American Hockey League team and an International Hockey League team also called the Houston Arrows. Another great advantage would be they could keep that team in the West and they could be natural rivals with the Dallas Stars and the St. Louis Blues. So that would be a real plus. And, of course, the city of Houston has a lot of money, so I'm sure they could find some wealthy investors to invest. I've also heard that the uh, Houston Arrows current ownership group is interested in also in uh, participating in the uh, trying to get an NHL team in Houston at the Toyota Center. 
So that's also a good plus there. But I personally think Houston would be the ideal spot for the Phoenix team to move to. Okay, let's look at the next option. The next option would be in Salt Lake City, Utah. They have a 14,000-seat arena that's ready to go for ice hockey. Uh, matter of fact, the Utah Jazz ownership group has uh, made multiple contacts with Gary Bettman, the commissioner, on the availability of a team moving to Salt Lake City. The only thing I don't like about this arena is you have to kind of rig the ice surface to get to fit in this arena because it was built for the NBA team, the Utah Jazz. And, of course, everybody knows that a basketball court is smaller than an NHL ice arena rink. That means that the two ends, the seats in the two ends, would have to be scooted inward in order to get this arena in there. And I'm not too sure if it'll actually would work. I've seen pictures of it, and I think there's going to be a little obstructed views on both ends to get this thing to work. It also would be the second oldest building in the league, but you do have an ownership group that really wants to put an NHL team in an arena and it's ready to go right now. And you'll be able to keep the team in the West. They would be natural rivals with the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. There also is a long history of ice hockey in Salt Lake City, Utah. In the 90s, they had the Salt Lake City Golden Eagles. Then they became the Utah Grizzlies. And then when the IHL folded, they got an AHL team, American Hockey League team, which was a AAA team. Utah Grizzlies, and then they moved down to ECHL, which is double-A hockey, and they kept the name the Utah Grizzly, and they're actually still playing in the ECHL double-A hockey today as the Utah Grizzly. So they've got a long history of minor league hockey in Salt Lake City. The next city I'm going to focus on, this city has always been rumored for years to get an NHL team, and that's a Kansas City. That would be the T-Mobile Center. It's 17,500-seat arena. It's kind of an older arena because they've been rumored for years to have uh, tried to get an NHL team in Kansas City. It actually was built in 2005. But since the actual city is in the central time zone, they'd be great rivals for the St. Louis Blues and the Dallas Stars. And they do already have a connection with the NHL. The T-Mobile Arena operating group that runs the arena also is the same ownership group that owns the LA Kings and their arena. This is also another team with a strong minor league history. They had the uh, IHL when it was running, the old IHL, the Kansas City Blades all the way through the 90s. And now you even have an ECHL team, which is a double A team called the Kansas City Mavericks. They've been playing for a little while in the ECHL. So this is another team that has a good minor league fan base to draw from. And remember, the T-Mobile Center was built for an ice hockey team, an NHL team to be put into. They've already got the luxury boxes in place. They've got everything ready to go. Now, the other rumored one is one I'm not 100% familiar with. It's in Oklahoma City. It's called Paycom Center. It's a 15,000-seat arena. It's a doesn't have really have a whole lot of hockey history, but you are moving into you know, the 20th market in population. 
of Oklahoma City. Remember, it's bigger than Ottawa, Edmonton, and Winnipeg, and Raleigh. And if you add in Tulsa, which is only an hour away, it's the same as population as in Columbus and Nashville. And uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, already has an ECHL team with a solid fan base there. So, but they're only an hour away. Oklahoma City and Tulsa, Oklahoma, is only an hour away. So they got uh, a little bit of expansion capabilities at this market. The only thing I don't know about is I've never came across any photographs or videos of a team playing in this arena. So I don't know exactly how it's going to look and exactly how they're going to fit the arena into the already existing floor plan that the NBA team, Oklahoma City, are already playing in. Well, they have to actually rig the seats to get the larger 80 by 200 feet ice surface into it and have some obstructive views? I don't know. I also don't know if they even have the ice-making capabilities in this arena. Do they have a chiller already available and the pipes underneath the floor for the cooling system? Remember, the other three arenas already have a chiller and the pipes underneath the floor for the cooling system. Houston, Salt Lake City, and Kansas City have already done that. You gotta remember, they've already tested out the markets in Kansas City, Houston, and Salt Lake City by playing preseason games in these actual arenas to see actually if their fan base would support an NHL team located in those cities. But we want to keep everything in the central time zone so this team basically stays in the same area in the Western Conference. Because the last thing you want to do is put a team in the East and have to move teams out of the East to fit teams in the West to make sure this balanced schedule and balanced conferences are balanced still again. For example, one of the teams that keeps being brought up is the Quebec Nordiques. Now, if you move, put the team back in Quebec, which already has some problems because they're a small market Canadian team, but if you do do that, you probably want to put them in the Eastern Conference in the Atlantic Division. That means then you're going to have too many teams in the Atlantic Division. You have to move a team out of the Atlantic Division and put them in the Metropolitan Division. That means then the Metropolitan Division is going to have too many teams. So that means then you're going to have to move a team out of the Metropolitan Division in the Eastern Conference and move that team to the Western Conference Central Division, which would be just too much chaos. And also be unfair for the team that actually got moved out of the Atlantic Division and put them in the Metropolitan Division. And also it would be really unfair for the team in the Metropolitan Division to go out of the Eastern Conference and move into the Western Conference. Because remember, all the teams in the Eastern Conference are all located in Eastern Time Zone. So that means all the road games that teams are going to play are all going to be late games because of the time zone. The other big thing going on right now is you have to remember it's going to play a major factor in the location of this team if they do move. Is a new TV deal they did last year with ESPN and ESPN Plus and TNT. They all want a team to stay out west because they need to have the whole entire U.S. covered or to have a good chance of having a really outstanding ratings for hockey. That's why I don't think Quebec will get it, because it's a small Canadian market 
with very limited fan base and corporate sponsors. And there's nothing around Quebec. And then the other factor is Montreal. I don't think Montreal is going to be that thrilled to get a team in Quebec. Because Montre- Quebec is actually part of Montreal's territory right now. And I don't think they want another team moving into that territory. So the pluses and minuses for the four teams in the West would be Houston's population and TV market is outstanding. They've already got an arena ready. They've already been set. We have a long history of minor league and World Hockey Association teams. The drawback, though, is do they have any corporate sponsors willing to invest in an NHL team in the city of Houston? Let's look at Salt Lake City now. Salt Lake City, they've already got an interest for a team. They've already got an arena set. But is that arena really suited for the NHL? Remember, they're going to actually have to take seats away or to fit an ice rink in that arena. So is there going to be obstructed views? Do people really want to sit on the ends where they're going to have a hard time seeing right below them like there was? When this team first moved to Phoenix, when they had the whole entire section with obstructed views and they could only see, and there was a goal underneath them that they could not see, is this a really a wise decision to put a team back into the same situation it was before when it lost a large amount of money in Phoenix? I don't know. Now let's look at the next location. Okay, now let's look at Kansas City, Missouri. It's already got an arena built and ready to go. It's built for ice hockey, so there shouldn't be any problems with obstructive views. It's a little bit older arena because they've been trying for years to get an NHL team. It's uh, 33rd on TV market ratings throughout the U.S. The problem with me for Kansas City, though, is there's not a whole lot around it. St. Louis, Missouri is pretty close to it, but they've already got a team. So I don't know exactly how their corporate base is going to work, and I don't know how the fan base is going to work. They do have an ECHL team, like I said. They play in a different arena. They play more in the suburb of Kansas City, Missouri, not in the arena they're going to put the NHL team in. Then you could also say the exact same thing for Oklahoma City, the other destination. Uh, There's no real proof that that city is actually going to get involved in an NHL team, and they're counting on trying to get Tulsa, Oklahoma, to help support a team, which I don't know exactly how many people are going to drive from Tulsa to Oklahoma City to actually watch an NHL team. So I really have my suspicions about that market. I still think the best place would be Houston. If they can get the corporate support for Houston, they should be all right with that franchise. And like I said, it's going to be ideal. It's not going to be that far away from Phoenix. So the TV deals will still look good. I think that would be the ideal spot for them to move the Phoenix team out of Phoenix, Arizona. All I really want is a team that's stable with a solid ownership, with a good arena deal, that we can actually have 32 stable NHL teams so we can grow the game like we should be growing the game. That's the number one priority for Gary Batman to do, the commissioner of the NHL. So I know there's other factors involved, the TV deal, the current city, other cities, 
dying to have a chance to have an NHL team, but he has to always keep in mind what's best suited for the NHL itself. That's what we need to worry about. And that's my whole entire focus on this podcast. I know I've been all over the board with this podcast, jumping from topic to topic, but I'm just trying to work out in my own mind exactly best suited spot for this team. And I still really don't have any really great spots for this team. There's pluses and negatives for every location that I mentioned. Well, that's my podcast, everything about hockey, about the relocation of the Arizona Coyotes. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.